Welcome back to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. I'm Lisa Calhoun, your host, and also general partner at Valor Ventures. Today, I'm really excited to help you get to know Mecca Tart, the first executive director at the Startup Runway Foundation. Welcome, Mecca. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Well, no one is more excited than I am that you joined Startup Runway. I am so glad to see you take the helm at the organization. But let's roll back the clock a little bit and start with uh, getting to know you, young Mecca. Who, where did you grow up? What was that like? Who, who were you before you became the executive director at Startup Runway back when you were little? Absolutely. So I consider myself a Cali peach. I was born in Los Angeles, California. That's where all of my relatives, aunts, uncles, we have a huge family that lives in L.A., grandmother in South Central. And so for me, my early childhood started in Los Angeles. Lots of wonderful memories of coming together as a family. And then we moved from Los Angeles to Atlanta. My mother fell in love with Atlanta, so was able to convince my, my father. We moved to Atlanta, all three of us, it's three girls. And... I have loved being in Atlanta, and I've been here ever since. I will tell you that I did get away for a a few minutes, and that I went to Hampton University my freshman year, and I can say as an adult now that I was homesick. I would have never said that back then, but I was homesick, and so I transferred from Hampton University and attended Clark Atlanta University, and that's where I graduated with a degree in mass communication. Did you feel at home at Clark Atlanta? Oh, I did. I did. I think there's something so very special about being in the middle of Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. There were so many opportunities. I was able to intern at the corporate headquarters at UPS. I was able to intern at Coca-Cola corporate headquarters. I was able to work as a legislative aide at the state capitol. And so I, I found that being in a city as rich as Atlanta with so much going on that I just had so many more experiences because of this city. That's fabulous. You know, I often wonder how things work at the Capitol myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you learn anything as an aide at the Capitol to share with us people who haven't been in government that we should know? One thing I will say is that I've, I had the, the privilege of working under Alicia Thomas Morgan, who's a fabulous, fabulous woman and state representative. And one thing that I will share about her is that just the integrity and character. So what I would say for anyone is that is that if you have aspirations of, of being a politician, that character and integrity will always out, outlast any other, um, I would say your decision making and just everything. And so for me, I love the experience being at the state capitol, but character and integrity is so important. Awesome. You know, did you... Well, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I think our listeners will appreciate the fact that as they get to know you, you're just a powerful advocate for women and women's health. And so I know that as I come to this interview, and it makes me curious, did you work for her because you were already attracted to women in leadership or did that develop that in you? What do you think? So I have always been attracted to women in leadership. As a child, I used to get the Jet Magazine, Ebony Magazine, and I would cut out pictures of women that I aspired to be like one day when I grew up. And so for me, I would even reach out to women. If there were women that were doing, that had positions and jobs and accomplishments that I wanted to attain before LinkedIn, before any type of Facebook or Instagram, I would literally find a way to reach out to these women 
and just ask if I, if I could pick their brain about their profession and learn more about what they were doing. So I would say it started very early on for me. Awesome. Natural talent. I see that. And, and also a real skill reaching out to people. That's one of those skills, you know, that supports you throughout your whole life. I know, you know, just today looking at my morning, I must've reached out to five women. I don't know on LinkedIn with very specific things that I think they'll find interesting. We'll see, but that's a, that's a, a repetition. I do a lot as well. So after you graduated, what happened then? So after I graduated from Clark Atlanta University, I pursued a career in medical device sales. I didn't know anything about medical device sales, didn't have anyone in my family medical device sales. Um, the percentage of African-Americans in, Afri in medical device sales is about 3%. And so it's a very small number. I was the only African-American woman in my division at the time when I was recruited in. And that was different for me, Lisa, because I came from UPS, which was very diverse. I came from Coca-Cola, which was very diverse. And, I came, and then I joined one of the largest privately held medical device sales companies. And I was the only one that looked like me in my division. But I will say that I saw that as an amazing opportunity to grow diversity while I was there. And so for me, I started to align myself with organizations to find the next person that was like me to recruit them into these roles, being that I knew that they were qualified. And so that is how you got involved in National Sales Network? It is. It was my bridge into the National Sales Network because there were so many times when I felt as a woman, which I know a lot of women listening to this can understand this, or as a minority, I felt alone. I would go to sales conferences and I would, there would only be me, or I would go to a regional meeting and it would just be me. And so I wanted the mentorship. I wanted the opportunity to learn from others. And so I started, literally, I started typing into, into um, Google and I was typing in African-American sales groups, African-American sales reps, black sales reps. And then I came across the national sales network and I, I started taking time out of you know, my time in the field working as a medical device sales rep and manager to actually um, volunteer within the organization, the National Sales Network, which is the largest organization for diverse sales professionals. When you did that and you were looking at medical sales in particular, which I know um, you're like, hey, this is a really high paying, very hard charging, very difficult, very technical career. And, and yet, you know, why not? You know, who, anyone who wants to do this should be able to do this. So when you left National Sales Network, did you feel like you'd been able to move the needle on diversifying some of the higher paid sales industry? Oh, oh, absolutely. So medical device sales, my introdu introduction into the National Sales Network was volunteering outside of my full-time job. And then I was recruited in because of my leadership and the work that I was doing locally. I became the chapter president. And from being a chapter president to growing one of the largest chapters, which was the Atlanta chapter. And so the CEO saw the work that I've done locally and decided, hey, you know, we are really looking for someone to grow the organization nationally. And so I was brought in as a VP of business development. And I will tell you, Lisa, that was one of the most rewarding things, not just at a professional level from recruitment, but I started the student sales and marketing conference while I was there. And in the role as vice president of business development and then executive director, I was able to help hundreds, hundreds of students from HBCUs that would have never had the opportunity because these companies typically would not come to their campus, have the opportunity to bridge the gap when it came to those high paying jobs, whether it was medical device sales, IT sales, consumer products. 
And so exposing them to someone who looked like them that was able to secure an opportunity like this. You know, that pioneering experience, and, and really you're so young, and yet you've, you've already been such a pioneer, and there's a lot of pioneering work to be done. It makes me think about in the venture capital industry that, that we're both now a part of, how less than 3% of venture capital goes to founders of color, and much less than that of our industry is made of Black investors. This is an industry ripe for disruption too. And, and so I'm really glad you chose to you know, take a look at the Startup Runway Foundation and join us as executive director. What do you see uh, as, as possibilities? How do you see things moving forward from your new role? Well, I see that there's a major opportunity for us to come together and work to highlight um, sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And so when it's just you and you're thinking within your own minority group that, wow, there's so many amazing opportunities, sometimes you forget that the same opportunities are not available to people that are not um, your particular ethnicity. So I think there's an opportunity to grow the organization nationally in many different cities to provide opportunities for underrepresented founders, women, and minorities who are wanting to grow their business, who have amazing ideas, who are passionate about the work that they're doing, but they don't have the funding to make it happen. So let me ask you, do you think that can change in our lifetimes? Oh, absolutely. All it takes is one person. I really do believe that. All it takes is one person. I look back at the work that I've been able to achieve, whether it was women's health and wellness, whether it's at the National Sales Network, and it takes one person to follow through, to have the discipline, to be able to just push forward and make it happen. And so a lot of times I really find that it is truly about creating the awareness around, around it. And so that's where I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to make sure that every single person out there knows about Startup Runway, whether it's a company who has committed to diversity inclusion, what does that look like? How are you helping out the community through community impact work? We can do that through helping a founder, helping a, a, a business owner that's a woman, helping a minority business owner, because guess what? That woman is then able to grow her community and help her community. And so it goes, so it's, it helps from just a broad standpoint. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that the opportunity for net new wealth creation uh, for people who have been structurally kind of biased out of that wealth creation opportunity will change the world. It's to me a win-win in a couple ways. New innovation that better suits what is becoming the majority of America. So innovation, that's cool. That's enough on its own. But then add to that, creating a more equitable wealth creation environment, that is, um, that's just really, that I think, a win-win for our culture and our world. But, you know, speaking of your point of just communicating to people that don't know what they don't know, I should ask you, um, what is the Startup Runway Foundation and what is its mission? Absolutely. So the Startup Runway Foundation connects underrepresented founders, so minorities and women of color, to their first check writers. So that is about organizations that are truly invested, companies that are truly invested in creating more diversity and inclusion, but allowing that to happen at the funding level, which is something that companies need, small business owners need. So if someone who's listening is a small business owner, a founder of a startup, um, why does Startup Runway, the foundation, matter to them? I mean, how should they get involved? What would you tell them about the organization and how it can help them? 
Absolutely. I will tell them as an entrepreneur, and I know as an entrepreneur that you are always out there connecting. And sometimes there are, you're passionate about the, you are passionate about the work that you're doing, but there is a disconnect between the passion and the funding that you need. And so there's an amazing opportunity here at Startup Runway to connect you to the funding and to connect you to the mentors that you need in order to take your business to the next level. And so I would say that I would love to see you at this showcase. We have several showcases throughout the year, and it provides you with that opportunity and experience to put your product forward, put your best foot forward, and compete for an opportunity that can change your business. I want to sign up myself. <laughs> that was really well said, Mecca. And for those companies, I mean, and most of our listeners, absolutely, you, you all know who you are. You're mostly founders. You're mostly in Atlanta. But some of you are founders who are currently employed with a corporate partner and, and looking for your business opportunity. So if, if you're a corporate partner out there who wants to do right by inclusion and is very interested in the latest, best innovations, how can they work with Startup Runaway? What does the foundation do for them? Absolutely. So the foundation, being a part of Startup Runway as a company, and I say this because it really means a lot to me as a woman, um, as a minority, as a person who has worked with over probably 100 companies that have been invested in diversity inclusion, I would say ask yourself, what is the work that our community impact person, social responsibility, our foundation, what are we truly doing to impact change within our community? And I truly believe that Startup Runway is, is one of those components that will allow for you to reach and to truly create change. And so the way in which you can get involved as a partner of Startup Runway is by funding the organization, funding with a partnership to help support these underrepresented founders. Awesome. And any examples of companies that are partnered with you today? Yes, I do have examples of companies that have partnered with us that have truly made that commitment to, to make a difference, to have said, you know what, we're just not saying that we're, a part, we're about diversity and inclusion. We're going to show you through our actions that we're truly invested in diversity and inclusion. And so we have Georgia Power that has committed in a big way. We have Cox that has committed as our presenting sponsor, which we're so very excited about. We have Advanced Ventures, which is also committed to partnership with Startup Runway. We have Valor Ventures, which has partnered and, and committed to the partnership. And so I ask you for every single person that's listening to my voice, and you may think that you don't have a role within the company to have a voice, but if you work for a company, you do have a voice. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to, to speak to the person within your foundation or within diversity inclusion to ask, how can we truly make an impact? And I believe that impact starts with Startup Runway. Well, you've been creating a lot of impact for a long time at different levels and organizations. I, I want to switch a little bit to more of a, a personal topic. How does a power woman like you recharge? <laughs> how, how do you come back to yourself and get this amazing and beautiful energy to go out there and make changes in the world? Self-care. Self-care is, is so very important. You don't know the importance of, I, I believe that a lot of professional women, a lot of powerhouse women, they go through this moment where they believe that they should always have on the cape. And then I see the superhero cape. Or, and I also hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, you will die early if you do not sleep, right? 
And so you, there has to be a blend of both. And so I will say this, is that I do believe that social media has allowed for social comparison to really explode in a negative way, in a good way, in a negative way. In a negative way, because you may feel that I always need to be doing something. Oh, she wrote a book, and then she started a business, and then she has a full-time job, and she has a family. Well, maybe that's not what you've been aligned to do in this particular period in your life. So how do I recharge? I One thing I will say is that being married is that a good partner is able to be your reflection in the mirror and is able to see what you do not see about yourself and what you can improve on. And so my partner lets me know, like, hey, you're, you're getting, it looks like you're going towards, towards the burnout if I'm not aware of that myself. And then for me, it's been being in my word. I'm a Christian woman. So being in my word, it's also been making sure that I work out. Exercise is so very important to your self-care. And then also the time with family and friends. Social connections are so very important. You cannot go through this life thinking that you will do things alone because you're not. We're not meant to be that way. So making sure that you put yourself first unapologetically, whether you have mommy guilt or not. I've been there. I've done it. I know you have to create the space for yourself and say that it is okay, that I cannot get done everything today, and that is okay. There is always tomorrow, but you have to ensure, and this is an important topic to me because, you know, I, I do so many talks and summits for women around self-care and wellness and health, and I know because I've been there where I've been burned out, where I've pushed myself to the max, and I was proud of myself, but at the same time, my body internally was just in a really bad place because I didn't take that time out for self-care. What are some of those triggers that we should all be aware of that you would say, you know, from your work in healthcare, which has been on multiple levels, I mean, medical devices and working in and out of hospitals, but also you've launched a number of seminars around women's health, specifically relationship health, physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of those triggers for burnout that people should really be sharp to? You know, I I will say this, and I think I'm talking to the A-type powerhouse woman that is always on the go trying to make it happen, that do not ignore the signs of just you being tired or restlessness. You have so much going on that you can't go to sleep. And you're thinking that you need to be up, piddling after work, doing a thousand things, whether it's domestically inside the house or it's something up something else that you need to stay up late every night. And so I would just say be aware of that restlessness. I I believe that every single woman should have a board of advisors. And that board of advisors could be a component of your mentor, your spiritual mentor, it may be your business mentor. For me, I added my psychologist, I added my life coach, my life strategist to that, because you should have a board of advisors that you trust enough that's going to be able to tell you, hey, there's, I, you don't look, you look different. Something's not right. Because women, as long as we look great on the outside, as long as we look great on the outside, we're like, oh, it's fine. But what people don't see, especially for women, is that the hair is shedding a lot. You know, the hair is falling out. And then it's like, oh, my goodness, something's happening. Yes, something's happening inside your body. It's screaming. It's telling you to stop. But because you're not stopping, it's now going to say, well, let me show up so I can get her attention. Yep, absolutely. I, okay, I better move on or we're going to go into a total counseling <laughs> session. Our listeners don't need to hear. <laughs> but 
really wise words. And, you know, board of advisors, that kind of reminds me a little bit of how Startup Runway, the foundation has really been um, blessed in the advisors who've been attracted to the platform. And you know, I think of amazing leaders like Mike Ross and Veronica Sheehan. Um, there's some people that have really just from the beginning seen a change, seen a spark in Startup Runway and brought it forward for the last five years. As you look at the next five years as the leader of the organization, what are some of the types of people, opportunities that, that you're working to attract in case any of our listeners would like to jump on board and help? Absolutely. So as we grow this organization, there's an opportunity to also grow the board, grow people who are, who are truly invested in the work that we're doing at Startup Runway. And I, I believe that that board, it should be reflective of the world of women and people of color. And because so many times, and I will say it because I like to call it out, is that when we look at boards and we look at boards specifically of, of corporations, there are not any women on the board. There's no one of color on the board. And I will say this as a woman, that we are powerful human beings and we have birthed this nation. And so we are totally capable of anything that we go after. And so I think a lot of times to, to have a lack of presence of minority or women on the board truly speaks volumes about the company. And I believe even that our Gen Z's, you're talking about taking it to the next level, our Gen Z's, I'm, a, I'm an older millennial, but the Gen Z's, I'm holding on to that, that last couple of years that I just made it in there. But the Gen Z's, they're asking corporations before they decide to, to, to be a part or to come on as an employee, they look and see, they go to the website and see, does someone look like me there? Am I going to be a part of something that's going to push me to grow where I can become an executive? And if they don't see themselves, then they start to question the company. So I would say for us, for Startup Runways, for our founders that we align with, that are part of our showcase, for our board members, it's going to be reflective of inclusivity, diversification, and of this world. Absolutely. Oh, that's a tremendous way to grow the organization. And also, I, I'm really glad at the, um, I mean, the Stan Startup Runway has taken in investing around only putting founders of color and female founders on our stage and only giving grants to demographics that have been historically underrepresented. It was leading five years ago. It's starting to be a little bit more, hey, people are starting to get it now, which is really exciting. In closing, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience today? I really appreciate your time and, and making time for this interview. No, thank you so much for, for having me. What I will say is that it takes one person to... It takes one person to make a difference in someone's life, to, to just take the opportunity to invest in that person to make a difference. And so where you may think that, oh, well, my company may not do this or may not do that, you don't know if you just don't ask. And if your company right now is, is champing behind diversity and inclusion and wanting to make a difference, then I would say there's a phenomenal way to do that and to truly not only impact one person by funding or helping a small business owner, but to actually that impact for that one person impacts an entire community and that person's family. And so I would say, make sure that, that you're asking the questions, that you're a part of the change and that you're a part of making impact at your corporation. I love it. How can people get in touch with you? Well, 
I am pretty much a um, <laughs> an open book. That's I've always been that way. For anyone who wants to contact me, you can go to startuprunway.org, but you can also email me. That is that is just how comfortable I am with share my information, and that's mecca at startuprunway.org. You can reach out to me that way, but I I would love to connect with you all. I would love to see those amazing founders to support you on the stage. I would love to have conversations with companies that are truly leading the way in diversity inclusion. And I just, I look forward to connecting with you all. Well, thank you for sharing your light with the world, Mecca. It's been a joy to talk with you. Look forward to all of your leadership at Startup Runway and the upcoming showcases. Have an awesome day. and Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. You know, we're not just a podcast, we're a community, and we'd love to see you at one of our digital or physical events. Go to valor.vc and sign up for an event that makes sense for you. We have events for founders and the investors who back them. Another event you might enjoy is Startup Runway. The Startup Runway Foundation is a Valor organization that provides $10,000 grants to founders who are women or people of color building next generation software products. Applications are free and we'd love to hear from you at startuprunway.org. That's startuprunway.org. And as always, thank you so much to the organizations that make this podcast possible. Not only Valor Ventures, but also Right to Market, a tech marketing and PR agency in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Startup Runway Foundation, and Atlanta Tech Park, Valor's headquarters, and also headquarters for over 100 local entrepreneurs building global businesses. See you next week. Please bookmark the podcast and join us.